had met out justice, but not on us, on his son, that we might be spared in the judgment and stand in the day of judgment. Picture this, God, so that you might not be blotted out from the book of life, blotted out your sin from the book of the record of sin. And he did it through his own blood to make you free. The following is from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona. Reaching out with rock solid hope in Rim Country. November 11th, 2018. Daniel 7, verses 9 and 10. The right to a speedy trial is part of our country's constitution. Basically, if someone is arrested and charged with a crime, they have the right to a prompt hearing in court rather than just to sit there and wait. And it makes sense. Who wants to sit in jail while they wait for justice to be met out? Of course, for those who are guilty, sometimes they want to waive this right to a speedy trial. Maybe it's because they know that the evidence is time-sensitive, or the defendant knows that there's a crucial witness who's close to death. Or just perhaps they're, they're not in custody but on parole, and they know that they're going to eventually have to face the music. So some people waive their right to a speedy trial, try to defer it to a, a later date. There's one case of a, an extreme example of this. Uh, a man that committed murder in 2007 was arrested and brought with those charges. This man, uh, Karam Davis, deferred his trial as long as he was able to through various legal tactics, he was able to defer that hearing, that trial, for 10 years. Now, obviously, eventually, he had to face his trial. He tried making the case before the judge to dismiss his trial because he didn't get a speedy trial, his constitutional right. But the judge saw through his tactics, and eventually, he was made to face trial, and the judge set a date. Doesn't it seem like sometimes God puts off justice? People hate, steal, murder. And it seems as if God is standing by, just allowing it to happen, deferring any action, almost as if he's not going to call them to account. It causes someone to wonder, when, how will God respond? But this morning we look at the book of Daniel once more and we see God does respond when there is injustice. Our king comes to judge the world. You know, if anybody felt like God was putting off justice and delaying, it probably would have been someone like Daniel. As we read in Daniel chapter 7, we see Daniel now having sat for 50 years in exile the Babylonians had come and demolished Jerusalem and the temple. They had dragged the people away into exile and Daniel and his people, I'm sure, felt as if they had been crushed and faced a bitter blow. And meanwhile, they just sat and waited and waited. When will you respond, Lord? I'm sure that what the psalm writer says in Psalm 74 captures how they felt. Remember your people, Lord, whom you redeemed. Turn your steps towards these everlasting ruins. All this destruction the enemy brought on the sanctuary. Your foes roared in the place where you met with us. 
They set up their standards as sign. They behaved like men wielding axes and cut through a thicket of trees. They smashed all the carved paneling with their axes and hatchets. They burned your sanctuary to the ground. They defiled your dwelling, the place of your name. They said in their hearts, we will crush them completely. They burned every place where God was worshipped in the land. We are given no miraculous signs. No prophets are left. And none of us knows how long will this be. How long will the enemy mock you, O God? Will the foe revile your name forever? Why do you hold back your hand, your right hand? Take it from the folds of your garment and destroy them. He sense the frustration of the psalm writer as they see the, the temple destroyed and God just standing by. And 50 years have now passed for Daniel and his people. You can see Daniel would relate to that cry. Maybe you and I don't have people literally coming to our place of worship and trampling it down. But maybe we can relate to some of the feelings of Daniel and his people. As you look at the attacks on God's church and you look at the, the situation around us, it's not all as it should be. Injustice takes place. You see the church of God trampled underfoot and people rejoicing in it. Late night TV programs mock Christianity. God's name is defiled as false teachers come in and tear down his word. Sure, new churches will spring up, but often they only teach a, a small whisper of the truth that was once proclaimed. And many faithful churches lie in ruins, disrepair, or are converted into museums. How long, Lord, until you act? And just as Daniel dealt with boastful enemies, so today the enemy boasts over God's church and its struggles. Does anyone find it a little unusual that when the election took place, the, the boasting wasn't in the candidates or their policies, it was in their godless lifestyle? And the candidates that claimed to have a godly lifestyle certainly spoke against their God and lived contrary to his word. This world boasts as it triumphs against the word of God and it stands against him. And when you look at all this oppression and all these things, even just in my lifetime, I, I can clearly say, yes, the level of sin is probably the same, but the boasting in that sin certainly has increased as of recent years. It seems like it will continue to go on. So God's people can only step back and say, How long, Lord? And how much can God's people endure? Your friends, your family, the Christians that you know, are they growing in faith? Or are some of them struggling as they look at the circumstances? Doesn't the enemy seem to have the day as you look at Churches facing charges of embezzlement, charges of abuse, churches giving way to false teaching. Just like Daniel cries out, how long, Lord? And the people were wondering, when will God step in? Maybe we might begin to wonder, when is God going to act? But then God comes to his people. The same people who were wondering and saying, there's no prophet left. God does give his answer. And as Daniel is sleeping at night, he has a dream in which God gives him a vision. God is still giving his word to his prophets. 
And it's in that vision that Daniel receives that he finds his answer. And it's the same place that you and I find our answer to our concerns of injustice in action, in action by God. Daniel's dream involves two oppressors. He has a vision where he sees one of the oppressors is the kingdoms of this world. The kingdoms of this world are godless rulers and authorities who trample over God's church. You know, there's a, a bird that this reminds me of that lives in Europe. It's the cuckoo. And the, the cuckoo bird is rather sinister because it goes to another bird's nest and it lays its eggs in that bird's nest and it pushes the other eggs out so that that bird is forced to nurture and raise its own. That's what many godless authorities and rulers in this world have done with God's church. They see religion as a tool for their power and to grab more power and so they take over in a sinister way. They infiltrate God's church. They overpower God's church and replace it with their own. It's currently happening around the world right now in, in places like China where the true church is forced out and a false church is put in its place by the governing authorities. Daniel sees another oppressor to God's church. Besides the kingdoms of this world, there is also what comes out of one of the kingdoms of, the, of this world. What would be the fourth kingdom, Rome? It's a voice that speaks boastfully. And this oppressor doesn't operate like the other oppressors by mere force. It has a different tactic. Reminds me of another bird. It's the American brown-feathered cowbird. See, this bird doesn't push out the other eggs. No, it, it lays an egg that looks just like the other eggs. And then when that egg hatches, it has a bigger mouth and it opens its mouth wider than all the other types of birds around it. And it cries louder than all the other birds so that it gets all the nourishment, it gets all the food. Well, the, the true birds in the nest are left to weaken and slowly starve. That's what false teaching is like. If one does not recognize that egg of false teaching, it infiltrates and it has a bigger mouth than the, those around it so that it gets all the attention and soon it takes over and it grows in strength. This vision of Daniel includes that boastful mouth that would come out of Rome and this church over, from Rome would rule over all the earth, it says, and cause struggle and oppression for God's people and boast against the Most High. Daniel sees these oppressors facing God's church. We still see today that vision that Daniel had fulfilled as God's people are oppressed. His word is silenced by godless rulers and by false teachers. How long, Lord, when you will respond to all this? Well, the answer Daniel gets is in the next part of his vision. And that's what we read this morning from Daniel chapter 7. Daniel sees God's court. Daniel sees God does delay, but he does not dismiss the charges. Justice is met out. Daniel says, As I looked, there I saw thrones were set in place, and the Ancient of Days was seated. His clothing was white as snow, his hair of his head white like wool. His throne was flaming with fire, and its wheels were all ablaze. A river of fire was flowing, coming from before him. 
Thousands upon thousands attended him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated and the books were opened. Daniel sees the coming judgment of our God. God will act and God will stand in judgment. In Daniel's vision, it says that he sees thrones set in place. And those thrones include the throne of the Most High, the one who is here called the Ancient of Days. Though some will try to soften his name by calling him simply the Man Upstairs, a title never found in Scripture. The title here is the Ancient of Days. A unique title applied to the God who is not like the governing rulers of this world that come and go. He is the one that has always been. And he is the one who is eternal. His throne is over every throne. And as he comes to judge, he is over everyone in this world. And it describes this coming of the judge as one who's not like the judges of this world, corrupt, deceitful, sinister. No, it says his clothing was white like snow. In the vision symbolizing for us that God is a just judge. God is a pure judge. Never has he done any false, impure action. Never has he committed any injustice or crime against his people. God is just and holy. His hair, it says, of his head, white like wool. In the vision, this is a picture of God's wisdom. With age comes, comes wisdom. We're familiar with that picture as we've seen in different cultures, judges and military commanders putting on white wigs. Well, God is not like the foolish rulers of this world. No, he is a wise judge who never makes a mistake, who never misjudges. But the wise, ancient of days, sitting on his throne, will come to judge with truth and justice. And this judge is not one we can easily and readily escape. He comes with a fierce judgment. It says, his throne was flaming with fire. God is a holy judge who with his fierce anger of wrath punishes the sinner. He will not let the sin slide. No, he comes flaming with fire. And it says his wheels, his throne is a chariot, one you cannot run from. His wheels were all ablaze. And as this judge comes, you cannot escape his flaming fire. So terrifying is his wrath. It pictures it far worse than any ruler, even one who holds command over nuclear weapons today. It says, a river of fire was flowing from before him. That river of fire is unstoppable. Maybe you're familiar with what happened in Hawaii not too long ago. When the lava flowed from the volcanoes, there was nothing people could do. It consumed the roads. It consumed the houses. You could not stop it. So it is with God's judgment. A river of fire flowing, coming from before him, cannot be stopped. It is a terrifying and holy judge who comes. This judgment that Daniel sees is one that, yes, seems to be delayed, but it cannot be dismissed. In fact, he doesn't just have a single officer of the court. It says, thousands upon thousands attended him. 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. Daniel sees this holy, fiery judge, the Ancient of Days, as the angels of God are surrounding him in countless number. And as scripture says, these angels will go about throughout the world carrying out his order when the judgment comes. And it will be carried out immediately by these thousands of powerful spiritual beings. 
There was no escape. The court was seated, Daniel saw, and the books were opened. One more picture in this vision includes those books. The scripture teaches of two different types of books that God has, and one is a book that has the record of every sin. You see, you, you cannot hide the evidence from this judge. You cannot simply say, God will not see. God sees all. God records all. And every sin, every thoughtless act, every wayward action, everything recorded in his book to be met out with justice in his court. The other book is mentioned it's in Scripture. It's referred to, it's called the Book of Life. And for all those who have their record in that book of the record of sin, their names are blotted out from the book of life. Can anyone stand in such a judgment? Well, the, the rulers of this world, the false teachers of this world, act as if God is not going to come to judge. And God's people might at times despair and wonder, is God going to fix things? But we see in this vision, God will act and he will judge Dare the rulers and authorities ever think they can escape this judgment? Dare any of God's people ever begin to find ways they can escape this judgment apart from God's means? Dare a Christian ever hold to a sin thinking they will stand in God's judgment when this is the picture Daniel gives? The believer who refuses to reconcile with their spouse will be held accountable to this judge. The believer who dishonors God's plan for marriage and says, I don't care, will have to care when they are held accountable to this judge. You and I will be accountable to this judge. And we cannot stand by our own authority, by our own strength. We cannot stand as he opens those books and his court proceeds on our own. That's why we look and we see if you read on in Daniel, God has a plan for his people that we might be spared and stand in the judgment. The ancient of days sent his son to this world. And when Jesus came to this world, the son of God, he said, I was not sent. The father did not send me to condemn the world, not in my first coming, but to save it. And so that you and I might stand in the judgment, God came up with a plan that we would be spared the verdict we read from Colossians chapter 2 of God's plan. It says, Christ, having canceled the legal code which stood against us with its regulations and stood opposed to us, Christ took it away, nailing it to the cross. Every misdeed, every sin taken from us in our account and nailed to the cross of Jesus so that he faced the justice. God met out justice, but not on us, on his son, that we might be spared in the judgment and stand in the day of judgment. Picture this, God, so that you might not be blotted out from the book of life, blotted out your sin from the book of the record of sin. And he did it through his own blood to make you free. So that the verdict that will be spoken on Judgment Day is the declaration of God saying, you are declared innocent through Christ. You are justified. You will stand in the judgment because of Christ who has rescued you and taken your sin and freed you 
when you look at Judgment Day, certainly there's, there's cause for alarm, but not for those who are trusting in Jesus. Because as sure as he stands as a holy judge, he comes with mercy for those who trust in him. Mr. Davis eventually did face his day in trial. After 10 years of trying to put it off, he had to face justice. The judge would not dismiss his case, but finally brought him to court. And he was convicted of murder. Had to pay the penalty. You can't escape justice. God's justice, all the more, will come. God will open the books. And judgment day is near. But for you, who trust in Jesus, like Daniel, and like all of God's people, you can look forward to that day knowing that you have been acquitted and you will stand in the judgment. Like Daniel, we have reason to serve our God, looking forward to that judgment. I'm sure that Daniel was excited when he woke up from that dream and ready to proclaim, the king is coming for the comfort of his people, for the life forever after that was to come. I want to close with some thoughts from Psalm 130, thoughts which Daniel and all of God's people hold to as they look to this coming judgment. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? But with you, there is forgiveness. Therefore, you are feared. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word, I put my hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning. More than watchmen wait for the morning. O Israel, put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem, buy back Israel from all their sins. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen.